in the year and a half I've been actively running this channel, I've heard so many survivor stories. And before that, I heard even more. And some of them are just outright shocking. Today, I'm going to share with you a survivor story that made national news, international news, as a matter of fact. And it's regarding Therese Zeman, who was a survivor of narcissistic abuse and who then found herself in a very, forgive me, Therese, sticky situation. I'm going to share with you what really happened. So let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. How does that sound? If it sounds good to you, hit that subscribe button and we'll get going. How did this story wind up here on this channel? Well, it's rather interesting. Therese is currently one of the admins for SPAN. As a matter of fact, she's the head admin for SPAN. So recently, during our meeting of admins, Therese mentioned, did you know I'm that lady that glued someone's penis to his stomach? And she said it was a big story. It made national news. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure if I heard about that. She said, oh, yeah, Google it. And so I did. It out as a romantic date with one woman. It got chaotic real quick, real fast. Then it grew into something very uncomfortable for the man when his wife, a second girlfriend, and another woman showed up to teach him a lesson about dating too many women. One of them is accused of supergluing the man's genitalia. What was superglued, sir? All my junk to my, to the rest of me. <laughs> At a preliminary hearing, the Calumet County Court ruled there is enough evidence to warrant a trial for four women accused of luring the man to a hotel room, tying him up, and gluing his parts to his leg and his stomach. One of the four women is the victim's estranged wife. Two were involved in separate sexual relationships with him, and the fourth was a sister who wasn't involved sexually with the man. Because right before they were ready to do that, I was like, you can't do this. You know, this is assault before she actually got ready to, to do it. You know, and I was telling them that, you know, that <laughs> you guys can't let her do this. The victim admits to being involved with three of the women, but says they all knew about each other. Wow. <laughs> and the Therese that I know is loving and kind and giving and caring. And the media really raked her over the coals. And so I said, Therese, would you like the opportunity to tell the story the way it really happened? Please do it on my channel if you want to. And she agreed. And I hope that you will enjoy today's very special presentation. Let's go. Accused ringleader of the group talks to us in an exclusive live interview today, Tuesday, August 11, 2009. After you see all of the news coverage, you might be questioning yourself. And if anyone had only seen the news coverage, they may not really understand what happened. Aside from a few bloggers who were on Teresa's side, most of the world had turned against her. and. As it turns out, even the prosecuting attorney may have had ulterior motives for the way that he treated her in court. So let's hear from Therese now, shall we? I was just a regular housewife, 30. I met my husband when I was 15, had our first child when I was 18, was married for 30 years and have six children with this man. My whole life took a turn when I got a phone call that my husband of 33 years, he was working on a hotel, he was a construction worker, and he fell, his, the stairs collapsed and he fell and 
into the basement on his head oh. and they were flighting him to the hospital and we have six children together and they said they didn't know if he was going to make it so i drove to the hospital which was 100 miles away and he suffered a traumatic brain injury he was in a mm. coma for you know five weeks rehab for a year and with this brain injury he couldn't lie anymore he didn't and i had no idea this whole my whole marriage he was cheating he was you know uh. i pulled my kids i ran his business and so like my whole world just changed just changed i held it together for like a year going back and forth 100 miles um one way and i did that four times a day and so oh I, my God. I was like in mechanical mode i just did what i had to and everybody couldn't believe how well i was handling it well i wasn't really handling you know how that kind of just you just do what you have to do and then it comes back well i knew i wouldn't be able to stay married to this man after everything that he told me but i stayed right. with him so that i could read him and got him his own place and so after Therese spent years in a marriage where she was being cheated on and then nursed or helped nurse her now ex-husband back to health and got him in his own apartment his own place helped him put his life back together she finally decides okay it's time for me to do something for me now and this is what happened so I met a man on Craigslist first mistake but I was naive I had never I hadn't dated I met my husband when I was 15 and right. I was 48 then at this time and met a man on, Cra on Craigslist and we started to have a relationship. He seemed a little off to me with instincts, but you know, I just thought that I was kind of new to the game. So anyways, I'll make a long story short. I got a phone call one night from his wife. He was still married and she had told me that he was seeing five women five other women. What? And so she gave me one of the women's name. I called her. We conferred stories and she said yeah I'm seeing him but his wife had told me she said I her words were I don't really care about you bitches she said I just thought you should know that he had an affair with my 12 year old daughter 12 year old sister that um there, there was a big age span between her and her sister and we found it in her diary that he has been sleeping with her for a year and she said and I have also have we have a 12 year old daughter together and I have found some things that lead me to believe he's molesting her. She goes, that's a thing for 12-year-old girls. And I want to let you all know, you all have 12-year-old daughters. So it must have been an age that he liked. In fact, it appears to be true. This man was actually charged with repeated first-degree sex assault of the same child. And so I don't know how much further it went, but we know this for sure that happened prior to the investigation of Teresa's case. So I wanted to share that with you. That is exactly what makes this next piece of tape so offensive to me as a survivor of abuse. I want you to watch the way this newscaster talks about Teresa's case as though she is some kind of horrible, crazy person who has done something wrong and the other ladies as well. Watch the way she speaks about this person. You know what they say about a woman scorned? Well, what happens when there are three of them? Actually, add that, make it four. Add the wife in there. One wife, three girlfriends. <laughs> One wife, three girlfriends. Plus, uh, they want to get revenge. There they are, the three girlfriends and the wife, whose picture we're not showing you because her husband is a victim of a crime. We're not identifying him. Well, they found out that this same Casanova had been courting all of them at the same time. Authorities say these women hatched a plan to get back at him. It all happened in Calumet County, Wisconsin, and authorities there say one of the women lured this man into a motel room for what he thought maybe was a night of a little romance. She tied him up, blindfolded him, 
texted on her phone to the others to join her, and that's when things got really ugly. He was punched, he was threatened, and, well, crazy glue was involved on his sensitive parts. You know what I mean. Now the women are facing punishment and possibly facing jail time. I called him. I had a, a, I had rented a motel room for him to stay at because he was such a liar. Now that I, I know so much more in eight years, you know, he said he was a boxer and he was... His wife kicked him out because she was the one cheating and blah, 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 blah. So he said he had a big fight coming and he would pay me back the money. And so I rented a motel room just to see him because at this point, I was a mess. I really right. was. I look back, you know, I lost my husband. I lost my life. I lost it. And so I was just already like, traumatized. Yeah. And then this comes. Yep. And so I had called him and we had a date for that night. I had called him and confirmed the date. And so I called the other women to say, Let's just meet him and tell him the gig's up. You know, we know you're seeing all of us. But we That part in the story is true that, you know, we all got together and we were just going to, to tell him, you know, we know all about this. So when I got there, <clears throat> this is another part that we I had a lawsuit going against the hotel that my husband had been injured. Mm -hmm. And so when... He knew I was getting some money. I was very honest. I'm very open. I tell people way too much stuff. So I think that's what he was sticking around for. Um, so I said, I wanted to keep him in that hotel room. So I said, you know, made it seem like a sexual game. You know, can I tie you up? And he goes, no way. And I said, could you let me tie you up? I said, we're going tomorrow. I have to meet with my attorneys and I get my first cut of this money. And right away, his arms went back. Sure, tie oh, wow. me up to be compliant. So a lot of people were really confused. Why would she have done what she did if it wasn't about being a scorned woman? Even Meredith Vieira asked her this question. Everybody has their, all the three girls have their own interest in this. I can only speak for myself. And mine had nothing to do with being a scorned woman. Nothing. So what was the purpose I, then of going to the of, to the hotel, Therese? Help me out here. What were you trying to accomplish? It was just going to be first to see his face, you know, to let him see that we all knew about each other and the gig was up. But things transpired that changed the events that happened that night. And without an attorney, I can't tell you, but all of it will come out in court. And How did this get out of hand? You said at some point it got out of hand. What happened? that allowed it to get out of hand. If you were just trying to let this man know, well, we're on to you, we're wise to you, how did it turn into uh, alleged assault with him being tied up and, and, uh, and basically, I don't want to get graphic, but you know what we're talking about, uh, just being assaulted. For myself and my actions, I was just trying to protect my children Whoa. and possibly other children. Uh, from what? I, I can't disclose that right now. So this had nothing to do with a personal vendetta, your feelings about him having cheated on you, so to speak, but rather that you were worried about the safety of your children? Exactly. It nothing to do with it. I, I'm a big girl. I've been heartbroken before, and it has nothing to do with that. Well, to say the least... For me, anyways. Yeah, to say the least, this is ex extremely confusing, and I look forward to when you are represented and you can be a little bit more specific. Now, let's hear exactly what really happened. Prior to tying him up, he went to the bathroom and he said, put some music on, on his phone. So I went to go put music on his phone. And all I saw when the screen came up was a to-do list. And it had my daughter, my 12-year-old daughter's name and telephone number. She had her own cell phone. Oh my God. So everything clicked in me that this was true. 
and he had he had daughters that he was trying when I look back he was really trying to push his daughters and my daughter together wasn't ready to let him meet everybody yet he so wanted he a sleepover or something right yeah I'm sure something or to get information on Savannah which is what you just that came out on my daughter I had something in me when that happened I I, I don't even really remember it. It was like, I, I don't just, I really don't even remember at that point. I just mechanically tied him up. I had texted the other girls, he's here. They had no idea what transpired in between that time, what I had seen. Mm -hmm. And so when they walked in, they were all yelling at him, you know, the gig's up. I thought you wanted to grow old with me. And his wife was even there. And she was, she was making derogatory remarks. And my sister was there for support. She wasn't one of the girls. She just wanted to go with me. She didn't even know what transpired. I was like, I was like in a different world from what they were yelling. You said you were gonna do this, blah, blah, blah. And I said, what do you have my daughter's number for? And he was just in shock. You can imagine, you know, all these women around him and he's tied up, he was in shock. Yeah, yeah. But I had uh, my uh, makeup bag and everything there and I had fake nails. So I had nail glue, but I used crazy glue for my fake nails. And so I pulled the glue out and my sister said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to make sure he never does this to anybody else. And, at, and so I looked at him and I said, I just, I, I glued his dick. I slapped his face. I, you ever come near me, you come near my children, you come near any other child, I will fucking kill you. And I just glued his dick to his stomach and he was thrashing and screaming and all the girls ran out. They still didn't know what happened. And I, I left because I thought he was going to attack me. You know, he was getting, he was getting free. And I went home. And of course, the police came because we were in a motel and he was screaming. Police came to my house, put me under arrest. Spent the night in jail. <laughs> I told them everything, told them the truth. They just wanted to, especially the, the DA at that time, just wanted to hammer me because they were looking at it like, it got blown up like, what if a guy did this to a girl, you know, for cheating? Or Therese later told me that the prosecuting attorney ended up being thrown out of office or being forced to resign because he was accused of various sex crimes himself. So take a listen to this. Joining us now is the DA in Calumet County, Ken Kratz, who is handling this case. This was not a spur-of-the-moment thing. These women didn't just say, hey, we're mad, let's go get him. This was planned. Well, hello, Jane, and, and I think that's really true. I think all four of the women were involved in uh, hatching this scheme. I know that the, uh, the wife uh, who had found out about the other uh, three women had uh, notified them of this uh, individual's uh, married status. Uh, the four women then uh, concocted a, uh, a plan whereby they'd uh, lure him to the hotel room. Uh, and uh, I think, as you said before, that's when things obviously got out of control. This is the way that this man discussed the case on the news. And as you can see, he wasn't very nice about it. But later we find out that this man was actually forced to resign from his position due to his own sexual crimes yeah so so much more so much more came to light after that i mean the guy he went he went crazy afterwards he went to his wife's house stole an urn was calling and threatening all of us had a hitman he had called his brother had a hitman out for me i it it was it was horrible to say the least. My, my driveway for months was filled with news reporters people trying to talk to me and my attorneys at the time for Mark's lawsuit didn't want me to speak. They said they would drop me as a client if I spoke on it. 
because they were trying to make it look like him and I had this great loving relationship. And that was what the lawsuit was going to be that this ruined our relationship, which it did. But so it was really hard because I had to be quiet. It was like going through the gauntlet, everybody shaming me, you know, thinking I just got cheated on. And so I did this to this guy, but it had nothing to do with that. And I couldn't tell it. So it was so hard for me. The hardest part for me was seeing my kids there. They didn't know. They were little. They were six, eight, and ten. And this was so public. And they were so embarrassed and their friends couldn't come over. And it got me so low that I just thought, what am I doing to my kids? I'm, you know, because of my poor choices, I brought this man into my home and he could have hurt my daughter. And it was because of something stupid that I did. And my brain just told me so many things that I tried to commit suicide. I tried to drown myself and they had, they had found me. And of course I was committed. I was out on bond. Um, and I just didn't want my kids being drugged through this whole thing. What, what made my mind change, I had the best psychiatrist in there because he said to me, I was, so, I was so ashamed. I told him that's why I did it. I was so ashamed. And, you know, when I look back on it now, I didn't do anything wrong. Just like this last narc that I was with, I didn't do anything wrong. I just trusted. I just loved, you know. It might have seemed stupid. It may have obvious to other people, but it wasn't to me, you know. And the psychiatrist said to me, he said, in my country, he said, you would be a hero, Tree. And that's the first time anybody in months had said anything to me that didn't really, you know, know anything. They just all looked at me like I was just trash. You know, oh. they just looked at me like I was trailer trash. I, I got an attorney. I was facing nine years for false imprisonment and sexual assault. Oh and the DA at the time was really trying to throw the book at me he would not do any plea bargains he wouldn't do anything the da that was trying to prosecute me just throw the book at me is now has stepped down and because he was molesting women so here's a little footage from abc news that shows this da and what he did prince has apologized but he says he's going to stay on the job the governor of Wisconsin has called for the resignation of a state prosecutor after the prosecutor admitted sending more than 30 sexually suggestive text messages to a domestic abuse victim whose case he was handling. The Calumet County District Attorney Ken Krantz has apologized, but he says he's going to stay on the job until he's voted out of office. Andrea Canning has more on the story. Stephanie Van Grohl was nearly choked to death by her ex-boyfriend, but she says she feels just as violated by the man who was supposed to protect her. My behavior was inappropriate. I'm embarrassed and ashamed for the choices that I made. While prosecuting her case last fall, Kenneth Kratz, a Wisconsin district attorney and chairman of a crime victims' rights board, began sending Van Grohl dozens of unwanted sexual text messages. I'm the attorney, he wrote. I have the $350,000 house. I have the six-figure career. You may be the tall, young, hot nymph, but I am the prize. Are you the kind of girl that likes secret contact with an older, married, elected DA? The riskier, the better. Stephanie Van Grohl reported the harassment to the police who turned the case over to the Wisconsin Department of Justice. They said Kratz hadn't actually committed a crime and chose to take very little action against him. 
In this email, Kratz told the department he was just complimenting her. They urged him to remove himself from the case, which he did, and the scandal remained quiet until last week when the Associated Press revealed the text messages. Still, Kratz refuses to resign and has taken a medical leave seeking psychotherapy. Advocates for crime victims are outraged. The prosecutor is supposed to do justice to protect her from that kind of behavior. And he's doing the same thing. It's craziness. As you can see, it's a little outrageous. He obviously had some sort of ulterior motive here, if you ask me. That's my personal opinion. He must have felt somehow like he was doing something wrong. So obviously, he must have been projecting his own wrongdoings onto this man and wanting to protect himself, in essence. Anyway, here's what happened next with Therese. Time two, I was ordered not to have any communication with him, and his wife was too. But she was in cahoots with him. She would call me to try to get information from me, and but she would tell me that she was talking to him in jail, and it, it just came to light. It just didn't make sense to me, the questions she was asking me. And so I asked my attorney to uh, get the phone records from jail. And sure enough, on all those recordings, she was saying, yeah, I'm trying to get the information. We're still going to sue her. We'll get her money. Those recordings really saved me because my attorney sent them to the judge. And the judge was smart enough to listen to them. So when we went to court, he was so lenient on me. I got a year probation and 45 days in jail because he said, I have to do something because it's a high profile case and they'll have my head if I just let you walk. Yeah. So, I, you know, 45 days compared to nine years. <laughs> right. So, so it was, it, it was pretty crazy, but then he, he tried to sue me, that civilly tried to sue me. Did he but win? this whole time, Angie was suing me for a hundred thousand. He got 2,500 to cover his attorney fees. This man had given every one of us women a false name. He did this for a profession. He was contacting me after he saw me in court, he was contacting me every night still wanting to get back together and apologizing and saying it really you were the only one out of all of them that I, I loved and you know just oh I'm serious I'm serious and saying any woman that could do that is a woman I want to be with and it, yeah it was it was it was so crazy it was so crazy that's insane so first of all my first thought is I understand why you did that and I understand how you felt in that moment when you think about the possibility of someone hurting your child I mean, when I think about even the little girl, like across the street, who punched my daughter in the face while they were wearing boxing gloves, boxing, I want to go smack her for mm -hmm. doing that. And so if I think about the possibility, I can't even go there with thinking about the possibility of an adult male hurting her. But I promise you, I don't think that very many mothers or even non-mothers, anybody who even thinks about this can, can not think, I feel you on that. You know, what you did was far less damaging than what maybe a lot of people would have done if they thought that this man was trying to go after their 12-year-old daughter. I understand what you meant when you said, I wasn't even concerned about the same things they were concerned about. I was only thinking about that. I get that. I get it. I wish you were able to have told your story before, but I hope that telling your story here will at least give you some vindication because you are an awesome person. In real life, like from what I've gotten to know of you working with you with Span Admin and you've been so incredible there, so supportive and you're just such a loving, sweet person. I know for sure that that situation, sure, it might've been a mistake in the grand scheme of things, but it does not define you. And I, I want you to know that. It doesn't define you. 
know that now, but it was the hardest part was being quiet and letting everybody look at me like a piece of shit. Didn't know why I did it. They didn't know why yeah. I did it. But he, like I said, he was good. He was good. He's probably still out there doing the same stuff. And it's crazy why it affected me so much because I was molested when I was 11, 11, 12. And so I homeschooled my kids. I did everything to make sure that could never happen to my kids ever. And that was, that really changed who I was being molested and the way that I parent and everything. And then for me to bring this person to them after all of the things I did to try to protect them, that's what really got in my head. You know, I totally feel you. My self-talk was like, what a horrible person you are. What a horrible mother you are. You know, everything comes comes back all the messages that were told to you growing up and you think you're over them that one thing just made it all come back and they're right they're right my kids are better off without me which led to suicide you know how is your relationship with your kids now really really good really good where my daughter is going to school to be a psychologist and part of it is because of all of this and she's said you're i'm just like you mommy she goes i'm just she's 21 but she still calls me mom love it yeah, she goes, I'm just like you, mommy. And now they they appreciate it. They understand it. They didn't, when they were little and their friends couldn't come over anymore because I was such a bad person, you know? <laughs> but You know that you weren't yeah, really a yeah. bad person. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the end, it, in the end, it worked out okay, but obviously didn't teach me enough because I fell into the trap of another end, you know? And where's that situation at at this time? Yeah, yeah. I still love it. It's, it's crazy stupid. I still question myself whether he really was, whether he is, you know, I, I don't know. But either way, you know, he's just another person that probably, I probably deserve better. You do deserve better. You do. You deserve someone who treats you like they cherish you and not someone who lies to you or cheats on you or has horrible ulterior motives. You deserve somebody who loves you and respects you. You're an amazing person. Embrace that. (laughs) Really, really, truly. I'm not just saying that. I feel really blessed to know you and to have you in my life every day and in our span group as and, and, and our head admin at that. I mean, what would I do without you? You mean a lot to me personally. And people are quick to judge, aren't they? But they don't, they don't know the real Therese. And, and I hope maybe they get a little glimpse of her today. Um, and I want you to get a little glimpse of you too. And I, I think you're a beautiful person inside and out and you're strong and you're a kick-ass business owner. Go girl. I mean, <laughs> you, you took a big mess and turned it into a life and you managed to raise six children in the process. I mean, and they're in college and they're having good lives and stuff. You, you didn't do so bad, did you? You homeschooled them all, didn't you? I mean, yes, I did. And that, that keeps me, that really keeps me going when I see their success. It makes me not, it makes me feel like I did right, you know. It's proof that you did. It is. Walking, breathing proof that you did something right. Not only did you do that, but you also started a business. You, you bought a house cash. I don't know anybody who's done that in real life. You know, I mean, that, that, that's amazing. You're rocking it. And, and I, I know we all have our days and I know we get depressed, you get depressed, I get depressed sometimes, it, overwhelmed, anxiety, all of these things. But I hope that telling your story here will help you to sort of release your story a little bit and let go of it. And I'm not saying that I think you should forgive that person 
um, or any of those people, but if you can forgive them within yourself just so that you can move forward, not to them, just to yourself, <laughs> that might help a little bit. Yeah, I have. That's, that's something I'm, I'm pretty fortunate with. I, I can let go of stuff pretty easy and I don't part eat. Okay. So. so when all was said and done, Therese didn't do any interviews because of the fact that during the trial, during the situation, her attorney had advised her not to. She eventually decided to do one interview and you won't believe what happened to her. I decided to do one interview. I didn't tell him exactly what happened, but I was so tired of being quiet and I wanted people just to know. And all I said on the interview, you probably could look it up. They had flown a crew in and set me up in a hotel in my town. And after the interview, um, the guy that came to my house convinced me to do it, promised me that they would be very respectful and they wouldn't do this, which they didn't. They kept trying to pry for more because I hadn't spoke about it. And it was, you know, such a high profile case at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyways, he came to my door with wine and asked if we, if he could come in and we have a glass of wine. And I said, okay. And he was all over me. He was, was going to take no for an answer. He was all over me. I had to get him out of my room. So after being so vulnerable and, you know, being, I was a victim. I feel like it was a victim. You know, he victimized me again. And this happens all the time, you know, with people that see you weak and they just keep going at you and going at you. And Well, this is, I mean, kind of interesting because like what they're doing right now with the hashtag me too thing in Hollywood and all the people that are coming forward and saying this, this happened to me, this happened to me. I mean, it happened to you. And, and, and by someone who should have known better. He oh, was yeah. taught, he knew your whole story and he still did that to you. That's horrible. And I was so scared and I was so hushed with this whole thing. I didn't even, I didn't tell the network that he did it. You know, I just like, look what happened to me before when I stood up, you know, <laughs> just, you just learned to be quiet then. So no one's ever, you never told this story to no. publicly. Wow. Okay. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I, I can't even, I feel like it's just one more violation. I mean, it's a, it's amazing that you are still as kind and sweet of a person as you are after going through all of that. It's horrible. I mean, what, how do you do it? How do, how do you stay strong? I don't know. I just try to, I just try to see the good in people. I have wonderful kids, a few grandchildren, and I just see how they love and it just feels so crappy to be bitter but I, I still, I, I don't trust like I used to. I'm smarter, sure. which is, it, which is good because I obviously out of all eight of my siblings, my grandfather chose me, and I was always told I was the sweetest, kindest child. Always, so many people, you know, you're so sweet, you're so sweet, and you know, so it must just be my who I am. And, nature, yeah, yeah, nature, and and just predators see that, you know, they go after the weak. I don't want to say that you're weak. I want to say that you're empathic. You are driven by the desire to help other people feel better when you see them in pain. And and I think that narcissists use that against us. Psychopaths use that against us. And apparently jerks on network television or who are connected to network television do the same thing. I think I don't think you're weak and I don't want you to see yourself that way. I think you were victimized, but I know that you are now a survivor and like you said, 
you know, you're stronger now and you don't trust people blindly anymore. And that sucks that you can't, but it, it is a lesson that we all have to learn sometimes the hard way. What an amazing bunch of circumstances you found yourself in. It's, it's awful. But now, tell me about now. So now you and your kids are good. You've got your grandkids. You're doing this span admin family thing. What else is going on with you? Um, well, I was a stay-at-home mom. So yeah. when my, my husband had his accident and we split up, I, I still had four kids at home. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I just answered an ad to be a dog walker. Um, I was I was with this company for a couple of years and I would I would say no to no, nothing. Where everybody else was turning these jobs down, I would say no. Well, eventually the woman wanted to get out of this business. So I bought the business from her. Awesome. So, yeah. So now I support all of my kids all on my own. They're going through college. I own my home outright. I paid for it. Um, I don't need, I don't depend on anybody, you know, so, you know, that, that's empowering too. Girl, and that's a self-employment escape. I love that. Keep talking. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel for women that feel trapped you know, that they can't leave because of finance. That, that's exactly how I felt. So, um, I don't know. My kids are really proud of me that uh, what I've went through and that I came out, you know, about I can take care of them. And, you know, I've dated a few times since and not once will, will I ever let a man move into my home, home if they're ever, I don't think any sh ever should. <laughs> I agree. Not the children's father. I just don't think they should move in. I agree. <laughs> Too risky. I, I still do like, I struggle with depression. I battle depression and I definitely battle with CPTSD. I, you know, yeah, something, sure. something happens just even talking with you guys last Saturday, I've been very nervous and anxious because it just came up, not speaking with you, but just, you know, when anything, Story. Gets, yeah, it just, it, it's crazy how this stuff all affects your life, but you know, everybody has something. So mm -hmm. Everybody does. That's right. And everybody has, you know, a time in their life that they're not proud of and that they feel, like you said, ashamed of and things like, I have things like that too. We all do. Well, this has helped, and you've helped me. This whole group has helped me seeing that I'm not the only one and I can see all the beauty in all of these people that are in this group. And I feel so horrible for how they've been treated and, you know, not given what they need to, but it's helped me reflect thinking you know I'm one of those people too and I do deserve that too but it takes a lot longer to sink in when it's for me I feel you it's hard to yeah it's hard to, for us to to acknowledge and and we develop it especially because of what you went through as a child we develop a high threshold for abuse it makes us question are am I really being abused is this really have right. is this really that bad you know and it is it is that bad you know you know when you haven't seen something healthy then exactly it's just acceptable like i would say boundaries get get so moved you're like that's not so bad that's not so bad exactly and i think in that situation with the hotel room and the glue you must have been shocked into that state of like mama bear and indignation and shock i'm guessing that when you're looking at your this phone and you're seeing your daughter's phone number and you're recalling this conversation they all have 12 year old daughters and then you're thinking about when you were a child, all of these things coming together in that moment. I don't know anybody. I mean, like I said, I think most, a lot of people would have done a lot worse than <laughs> glue it down. What advice would you give 
to someone who is going through something like this or similar to this or any sort of abusive situation, what would you say to that person as someone who has survived so much? Walk away. Follow your instincts and walk away. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have just walked away as soon as I knew. It's hard, but you just need to walk away from it because it you you can't control it. You can't beat it. You can't win. You've got to let the universe take care of it. I totally agree. And we're the victims in this case. He's, he's a predator and we're his prey. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.